Father God, we praise your name and we lift you up this morning. Uh, we just thank you for everything that you're doing on this campus. We just thank you for uniting us. We just pray that you'll just dispel anything that threatens to, to divide our campus and our community, Lord God. And we just pray that your spirit will just inhabit this place and never leave. Father, we just pray for this snow. We pray that you'll just keep the road safe for everyone. We pray for safe travels for everybody who's going to be out there, Lord God. And we just pray that we'll just be able to, to stay focused on you for the rest of this service and for the rest of this week and for the rest of our lives, God. We praise your name and we love you. Amen. New Year for a good long time because it is a new year, right? We give God praise for that. How many of you have cards? The cards. I, all of you have the cards? Good. I hope, I hope that you will... Uh, I had these made up special for you. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, you'll keep it. And How many of you brought your Bibles? How many brought your Bibles? I asked Friday for you to bring your Bibles. How many? All right, uh, stand of you who brought your own personal Bibles. Stand up. How many are you? All right, all right. Now... The um, first 20 of you, come on down here. First 20, I got something for you. Okay. Happy Valentine's. Thank you. Next time I come, make sure you have your Bibles. Okay. There you go. Got something for you. All right. Happy Valentine's. Okay. Good. Good to see you. All right. I got, you help me out with this? Yeah. I'll give one to each one of them. You help me out too. Give one to each one. Next time you guys come, you know them come in the chapel. Make sure you come with your Bibles, all right? Okay? It is good to be here. I'd like for you to turn uh, in your scriptures, and if you don't have Bibles, there should be, there should be, I am the senior pastor of Wallaston right now. There should be Bibles in the pews. If not, I'm going to have a talk with the church board uh, tonight. If you could turn in your Bibles to... 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. And how many of you have read that chapter before? First, raise your hands. 1 Kings 13. Very good, very good. It is good to be with you uh, today. I've, I've just come back from Florida. It's cold there too. Um, and uh, it used to be a time when I would go to Florida and it would be 70, 80 degrees and Everybody would be wanting to come to Florida with you. But uh, it really depends upon where you are. It was only in its, uh, I'd say, probably 40s. Maybe it felt, they say maybe it was 50. But I would say that it was, it was about 40. But uh, I have, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about today is called, my title of our time together is called Increased Pressure. Can you turn to somebody and say Increased Pressure? And I have increased pressure because there is uh, snowing outside and everybody's thinking about being outside and going home to wherever they are. And you probably was watching the television and saying, is, is it going to come across that ENC is not going to have school? But you didn't see that this morning, right? Uh, I also have increased pressure today because of the time. And I asked your chaplain 
is the time right? The last time I preached in Walston, I looked at the time and said, oh, my wrist, oh, man, I, I, I don't know where the time gone. What, the, what happened is that the teens had put it 15 minutes ahead. So I'm rushing to preach, and I'm saying, whoa, I don't have time. But they were sitting there just having a good old time. So it has been checked. I know how much time I have right here. But I want to give God praise this morning. Amen? I'll turn to someone and say, I praise God today. Now, it's been four and a half months since I've seen you. And um, the Lord and I, we, uh, he and I have had a talk. And as I went into, I don't know what your New Year's resolutions are, are but um, I'm, every year I, I, when I, in my spiritual walk, I want to have a closer walk with him. And so one of the things that I committed to him, that I'm going to be preaching more meat than milk. I really want to talk about things that are going to help me and you and whoever I encounter to grow, that it be something of a spiritual maturity. And so this morning, I really want to talk about uh, our, our faith walk in God and how uh, we walk with him and, and as, as far as the journey and that these increased pressures, we have so many pressures on us. You have pressures today that uh, you have pressures about your time, you have pressures about your, the expectations that are on you, you have uh, expectations and pressures about your grades, you've been here now, you know where everything is, at least I think you know where everything is, uh, that, all right, so the expectations, you came here, some of you came here, that when you, when you came on this campus, you were pretty clear as to what you wanted to do. And now it's four and a half months later, and you're not quite so sure, it's kind of the same, things may be kind of foggy. And that's kind of the person I want to talk to uh, this morning, that it may be just a little foggy. Or you may be, uh, there's anxiety here and you say to yourself, what in the world am I going to do when I get out of here in a few months and I don't have a J-O-B? There's no jobs out there. What am I going to do? Uh, how am I going to make those loan payments? Uh, and I only have a short period of time to be able to do that. I, I need to get a job to be able to pay them back on their monthly on their monthly basis, and, and I don't really want to combine those loans. What do I do? How do I do that? Uh, I'm also feeling pressure in relationships. You know, we meet in September, we get married in May. You know, that's what, that's what it was told to me. That's how we do, we, that's how we do that. And, and I haven't met anybody. I haven't connected with anybody. And I, so what am I to do when comes uh, graduation and I'm not married? So we have issues with relationships and we have... Uh, issues and all of those kind of things, pressure, pressure. And then we have our families asking, well, what are you going to do this coming this summer? I want to talk to you about, uh, it, sometimes it's like a fog. As I was uh, getting on the plane with the, with the weather being so different, it got foggy up there and, and the pilot comes on and he says, I just want to let you know we're going to experience some turbulence. And whenever I hear that, I say to myself, there must be a storm up there for him to tell us about it. I'm petrified of flying. Just being honest, I'd rather take the train. Not quite petrified. I don't like it. But I'm a different person up there in the air. You can have any kind of, I'll tell you the truth about anything. I am so saved and sanctified, holy. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens when I'm up there. Uh, but anyway, we were up there as we were beginning to go. 
and it was foggy. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't see anything at all. I'm looking through all of those clouds because, you know, I can see every plane that's right next to us. You know, there's a lot of planes right next to us as we're up there flying. You might say, oh, no, that's true. I can see every plane that's in the air that it's at least a zillion miles away in whatever radius. And so, but you can't see anything. And that's what that fog is like. And what do we do when we're in the midst of a fog and all of those pressures are coming against us? Can, am, am I talking to anybody in here that can relate to me today? Do you, or, 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 you can understand what I'm saying. I want you to go with me into the scripture. And some of you, you were drawn to this school because your parents may have come here, or you were drawn to the school because you had a pastor that told you it was the greatest thing on sliced bread. Right? Now, um, I was told when I was uh, 16 years old that the only place you could ever go is Eastern Nazarene College. My pastor went there, so I said, oh, it's got to be. Some of you saw it uh, in TV ads. The ads are great. I don't know if you've seen the ads, but the, I love the ENC. When I'm up riding on the expressway, when I used to see it, I said, that's my school. But sometime in the midst of that four years, I'll tell you that I was here, I, I was in a fog. And what do you do in the midst of the fog or the pressures? So here it is. There is a... There was a, a man of God, it says, and I'm using the NIV. And could you stand with me in honor of his word? And uh, I'm going to set the stage for you in a few moments. Uh, by the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judea to Bethel. As Jeroboam, he was a king, was standing by the altar to make an offering. And he cried out against the altar by the word of God. O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son of Josiah will be born to the house of David. On, ye, on you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make an offering here. And human bones will be burned on you. That same day the man of God gave a sign. This is a sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart and the ashes on it will be burnt, poured out. When Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar of Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him! But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. Also the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God, by the word of the Lord. Then the king said to the, the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and it became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, Come home with me and have something to eat. I've got something great to give you. I want to give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, Even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you for I would... Uh, nor will I eat or drink water here, for I have been commanded by the word of the Lord that you must not eat or drink or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And so as he was there, he says, and even if, now there was a certain old prophet 
living in Bethel, whose sons came and told them all that the man of God had done that day. They also told their father uh, what he had sent to the king. The father asked him, which way did he go? And the sons answered, showed him which way. And he went on and he saddled this, the donkey. And then he, he rode on and he rode on. And he says, are you the man of the God? And where did he find him? He found him where? Sitting under the oak tree. And so the prophet said, come home with me. And the man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink with you in this place. I've been told by the word of God that you must not eat bread or drink water here or return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, said, I too am a prophet. And the angel of the Lord uh, said, bring him back to the house. But what was he doing? He was doing what? He was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. And while they were sitting there, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him down, brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judea. This is the word the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of, the, of your fathers. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your blessings. Be with us now, Lord, as we break open the bread of life. We give you praise in the church of Jesus Christ, says. Please be seated. One of the first things I would tell you is that there are some scriptures that is very confusing. Now, for Bill Malice, there's no scripture that's conf confusing for him. <laughs> Professor Malice, he knows it all because I email him and ask him, is this right? But I can remember that when I first read in 1 Kings chapter 13, and I said, why did he lie? Why did that prophet lie? And I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. So I have a, I have a shelf in my, in my mind that I put, that, I put it on the confusion shelf. And I, and I say to myself that God will explain the scripture. He will reveal it to me when he is ready to reveal it to me or when he feels as though I'm ready to accept the truth of it all. And bottom line, what I've learned from that scripture is that no matter what, and I'm going to bottom line you, no matter what, we are to trust in God and listen to him and what he tells us to do. Amen? No matter what it is, no matter what's happening, we are to listen to God, and he will reveal to us the truth. I want to just kind of dissect this scripture a little bit. I want to go back that here it was. God never tells us if it was a young uh, man of God. He, said, he just reveals to us that there was a man of God. And so the way I kind of break this down in my mind is that uh, he went on a working witness trip. God sent him on a working wit witness trip. And he, he was sent on an assignment to help and assist. And so he comes and he sees the king. It's almost, to me, it's almost like he comes and the king is like the president. And so he comes and he comes and he gives the message. And so he may, we don't even know if he really wanted to go and do it. We just know that he sent. You, have, you ever have sometimes when... God is in, he has his, his thumb in your back and you've got to go someplace and you've got to do it and you're not released until God has told you to do that. 
And so he comes and it says, almost it seems as though he shouts it out. He shouts what? He says, You're, this is going to happen. And it does come to be true if you to look in, in Second Chronicles chapter 35. You can kind of look and see. See, the reason why I wanted you to have your Bibles is because I want you to mark it up. I want you to check your scripture. You just don't come to church and just uh, accept what's being said. You come and you dig it out and you look and you have those, take those spiritual nuggets and you take and you go and you examine them and say, do I believe these to be true? Does God show this to me? Does, does he reveal it to me? So the king was upset because he didn't like the news that he heard. And so he had his, uh, he had his guards try to grab him. And as the king is out there reaching out and saying, you go get him, all of a sudden uh, there's a miracle that takes place. He can't, he can't, he can't withdraw his arm. It, it, it kind of it shrivels up. Bless you. The king is not a stupid man. He didn't get there that way because he, was, he didn't know what was going on. He saw that he couldn't pull his hand back. And so he saw, that, hey, there's something here. There's something, there's something happening here. And so he says, can, he says, can you intercede for me? Can you intercede for me and your God and have your God help me? And as you look into that scripture, what does the man of God do? do? He says, what does it say? Look at it. It says he interceded, right? So that says to me that he inquired of God to help out the king. And so the king knew that he was authentic. And so he asked him, he said, just like if the president, the president would say, come on back to my house. Come on back to the White House. And I'm going to give you a, a really nice banquet because I really want to get to know you. And so that's what the king, he, he says, I want, you to, I want you to come and go back to my house. And he says, I want to give you a gift. And so here this man of God says, no, no. I've been instructed that even if you gave me half of your possessions, I'm not to go back with you, I'm not to eat or drink, and I am not to go back the same way I came. As you look in that scripture, he's being, and he's probably felt some pressure. You know, here it is, someone very important asks you to come, do something. Just like in your own lives, you, you begin to feel a little bit of the pressure. So he takes off, he doesn't listen to the, to the king, and he goes. And then all of a sudden, what we hear, we, the scene changes. And we see the act, act number two. And we see an old prophet who's been around a long time, and everybody got emails and texts on what happened in town. They, they heard about all the drama that took place. The king's arm got all this way, and everybody's telling their whole versions of everything that went on. So the old prophet says, okay, tell me which way he went. And so he goes. And you know the thing that really shocked me in that next little piece of the scripture? The old, the old prophet goes, and where does he find the man of God? Where was he? He was doing what? You know what, you know what always got me is, what was he doing sitting underneath that old tree? He was supposed to be out of town. Was he in a fog? Was he, was, he, was he upset because he didn't get the gift? Was he feeling pressure? Did he not know where he was going? 
And then it kind of hit me, you know, I've, I've been there. And probably will be again. Before I got here, I was talking to my daughter who lives in New York, and she was saying, I don't know about blah, 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 blah. And then I said to her, you know something, I don't know about blah, blah, blah either. And it was silence on the phone. It was basically saying, you don't get it either? And I said, nope, I don't get it either. There are times when we are all in a fog. So here this, here this prophet was, he was sitting down, he'd heard from God, but here he was sitting under, it's very descriptive, he's sitting under where? He's sitting under an oak tree. Isn't it amazing how the Bible gives us the descriptions of what's happening and what's taking place and so we can, our minds can be as far as that description. So the old man, the old prophet says, I want you to come back. And God has also revealed to me that you should come back and come back to my house. And so what does he do? He goes, he listens. Now in that exchange, I want you to look at your scripture. Did he at any time, the young prophet, did he at any time inquire of God what he should do? Did he? You see it in there? I didn't. And that's when it really, the lights went off. I'm a little slow. The lights went off. And it said to me, you don't make a move until God tells you to make a move. Amen? We're in a fog. We're not sure which way we're to go. But we know someone who knows a whole lot more than I know. And what are we supposed to do? We are to inquire from our Heavenly Father as to what we should do. As I was in that fog on the plane, and the pilot comes over, and he says, we're going to have turbulence for 15, 20 minutes. I'm not sure about the instruments. I'm not sure about anything. What do I have to do? I have to trust that pilot, that that pilot is going to know to get me through because I certainly can't fly the plane. Now, I'm flying it in my mind, just like I'm driving when my husband's driving, I'm the brakes, but I have to trust at some point that God is going to take, that he's going to take care of everything. Amen? Now, you may be feeling and experiencing all kind of pressures today. Nobody really knows but you. But I know someone that we, there's someone that we must trust in. And my sisters and brothers, what I would say to you this morning, who I would advocate for is the great advocator, is Jesus Christ. And that we put our trust in him, that you put your trust in him. That the one that brought you here, he will lead you where you should go and how you should go. So you say to me, well, I don't hear him. I don't hear him. And I would say to you, the very first place that you must start off is to speak to him. And, to, and ask him, I need you in my life. I've kind of put you on the shelf for a little bit, but I need you in my life. And the second thing you need to do is you need to take the dust off your Bibles. You know, it used to be a really cool thing to carry your Bibles. Let me tell you, it's still cool. I don't go any place without my Word. And you need to open it up. 
and say, God, reveal to me what I need to know and see. Now, there are a number of people in the scriptures, and so the the prophet, he kind of lost it all because he was not listening. God gave him an opportunity. He didn't listen. He didn't inquire. There are going to be times when you have pressure in your lives. There's always pressure. And the one that the Lord kind of revealed to me was the apostle uh, Paul. And it talks about, in, in 2 Corinthians, please move over to 2 Corinthians real quick. I only have a couple more minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I like it when people, when I can relate to people who can relate to me. And real quickly, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. He's, you know, if sometimes we think everybody has an easy life. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about the hardships we suffer and the things that we go through and the challenges that we have. He says that we were under what? Great pressure. Uh, perhaps you're under pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired even of life. Indeed, I mean, he, Paul put it out there. He's very, he, bless you, he was very descriptive. He says, indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of what? But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on who? But on God who raises who? Raises the dead. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The creator of everything, who can handle everything, who is a big God. And then I think of, you no, know, Paul went on, and, and, and we go on, and if you look over into uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verses 23 and 29, you, you ever want to feel kind of sorry for yourself? You have one of those days that you just have really bad, you don't pressure. You just go over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. And I'll tell you, the Apostle Paul will kind of help you out there because whenever I'm in having one of my pity cities, he lets me kind of know where he's gone through. And he talks about uh, being in prison, being flogged and exposed to death, and he's been beat and everything. And he says, three times I was beaten with rods. He says, I was stoned, stoned. And he says, three times I was shipwrecked. And this is one that really gets me. He says, what does he say? He said he spent a night and day. And where? He's in the sea. All night and all day. I cannot swim a lick. And that is the thing that really gets to me, is to have the be out there all day and all night. That just sent me over the edge. And then he talks about the daily pressures of my concerns. But he says, but I boast, I boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus who is to be praised forever and ever. We are to trust in our Heavenly Father He knocks on the door of each and every one of our hearts. The more I get to know him, the more I want to know him. You're going to have pressure, and things are not going to come out 
the way you want them to come out sometimes. And sometimes, some of you may even be offended by some things. Some of you, I can remember coming on this campus and uh, when I first kind of started out, and man, I tell you, I got offended every day. I was different than the rest. And you may feel different for whatever those reasons may be. I was listening to a, a, a study. It says that on an average, Christians get offended uh, about 50 times a week. So I said, well, if the average is about 50, I must get offended at least 150, 200 times a week. We are to take everything to God in prayer. Anything that we allow to offend us, we begin to think about the offense, and it separates us from God and our relationship with Him. I want nothing separating me from my relationship with Jesus Christ. What about you? Could you please stand? I know time is short and it's going to be a blizzard. But sometimes there's blizzards inside of our hearts. I'm not going to play around with this. If you got a fog this morning, feeling increased pressure, and the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you, I want to talk to you for a few moments, then can you come on down to... To the altar and I'd love to spend a few moments with you just step out of where you are if God is speaking to you if he's speaking to you up there my sisters and brothers if he's speaking to you come on down you're in a fog today pressure you're not quite sure you're wondering about your relationships you're wondering about this you're wondering about that or you just kind of feel out of it. What about some of you up there? Well, it just seems strange. You're not sure about where you're to go next, what you're to do. You're not sure about your relationships. Things are just strange. You just can't seem to take it. Can you be true to yourself this morning? It's not about position of space. Is he speaking to you today? What about you? I'm not trying to shame you or anything like that, but I've already prayed for you all. I've been thinking about you, been thinking about you a lot. Like I say, I'm, ta- I'm taking my encounters with him more serious. Maybe the young prophet just took it for granted that God was going to get him out of all these messes. You sent him on an assignment. Is he speaking to you today? Be honest. Today is the day. Now is the time. Please come. But we won't tarry long. We've got a blizzard. But I'm concerned about the blizzard in your heart. One more call. Please come. We serve a great God. And here's what's going to happen. I don't know. um, I'm going to dismiss the rest of you in just a moment because I know you have other things to do. But for the ones that are at this altar, if they could please just remain.
If anyone else would like to join us, please come. Let me just say this. It's been wonderful to be with you this morning. Our time has already come and gone. It's amazing when you... I've enjoyed it. But let me just uh, pray a blessing on the, the ones that are standing out there. The ones at the altar, please remain. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your blessings, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we know that we are precious, but we know that we believe in you and we trust in you. Father, we love you so much because you're an awesome God. Uh, Be with my sisters and brothers this day, Lord. Guide them, help them. Uh, Just be with them, Lord. We love you, we worship you, we adore you because you're an awesome God. We thank you so much. Be with them and give them traveling mercies. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. And the ones that are at the altar, please remain. And the ones that would like to come, if they have a few moments to help us, we would greatly appreciate that. This is his day.